Now we are with you until 12 midday. We have some lovely people and some lovely music coming the way with Damien Morrissey and his wife Barbara Dunn. They've got Lee Nan School of Music. They'll talk to us in a minute. But my next guest is Bridget O'Malley. Bridget, morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. Um, t- this is a lovely story, so it is. Um, you're from Ohio, Ohio City. You're working in Chicago. You met your husband in, we think it's the Irish Oak pub near Wrigley, <laughs> and he's from Westport, and you came home. I did, yeah. So we moved uh, to Lean on t- about two years ago, and my husband, as you say, is from Westport County Mayo, just up the road. I'm a proper blow-in, um, so I'm, I grew up in the States. This is my first time living outside of the States, uh, and our son is nine. Um, he's a bit confused because he tells me now that he's just a proper Irish boy. Yeah. But uh, he grew up in America until we moved. A, a, a huge move for you, by the way. Had you been to Ireland before that? I had on holiday, which is very different from you know living here. But I had been coming the last 17 years or so. Um, on holidays. On holidays. And were you coming to Lena? Yeah, we would always come to Lena. It's the most beautiful part of Ireland. I'm yeah. a bit biased. Uh, but we would always come through um, and visit and go out on the boat and, you know, just kind of enjoy the area. Um, and so we were doing that for a long time before we decided to make the move. And what was his opening gambit in the Irish Oak um, <laughs> when you started chatting first and you, you heard his Irish Westport accent, your, his Mayo accent? His Mayo. Yeah. Well, see, at the time, I didn't really distinguish accents. Now I'm getting a little better, but just any you know Irish person that you talk to, it, growing up as an Irish-American, you you love Irish people and you love talking to, about Ireland. And um, I'm sure it was something to that effect that got my interest. And what was the reaction of your family back home in Ohio when you said, by the way, I'm leaving Chicago and I'm going to Ireland? (laughs) Well, I think in a way they were proud. You know, this is kind of a dream for our family to, the dream of living in Ireland was something that my parents always talked about and my grandparents and... Were they of Irish extraction? Yes, yeah. All over the place. Don't ask me where, but not not lean on. I'm definitely not a local here. But from all other places. So I was I was listening because you were talking to Nora as she was passing in there a yeah. minute ago, and uh, when you arrived here two years ago, your first stop was here. Yeah, we came straight here, and actually, it's funny. Nora mentioned that because uh, I was. It reminded me. I kept a list of people I've met for a long time because I was trying to just get everyone's names and remember details when I would meet someone. So I met Nora. She was one of the first people I met on the road, uh, walking our dog. And I remember saying to her that our dog uh, was jet lagged from the flight. So we came straight from Dublin Airport <laughs> over here. Because when when she, when I heard her saying to you, your dog your dog was jet lagged when you come after the flight, I said, Oh, holy God, above! Yeah, the dog was genuinely jet. Late. I think he was. He was maybe just in shock. He's like me. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> now you work with Bank of Ireland, and you have a lovely story to tell there. So you're, you're, you're you work with Bank of Ireland, but you're based in Lena. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, I think one of the reasons we made the move here was believing that this new world of hybrid working was going to be something that that stuck, and um, be able to live where you want to live and work where you want to work is you know that's what a great what a great thing to be able to do. And so I've been working with Bank of Ireland now for about a year mm-hmm. and I help facilitate their hybrid working program helping people live wherever they want to around the island and work so for the because bank. you can prove that it works exactly I'm living it by example going up to Dublin once a week on the train and spending the rest of my time working remotely here yeah it just I mean the broadband is very good here so it is it actually now, I don't want to jinx it if I say that it's good you know but it is actually really it is good um, and it's just it's a wonderful thing to be able to be on conference calls and looking outside at the killery, you know. <laughs> and it's a very small community here. So are you 
Are you on the Mayo side of Lean Ann or are you on the Galway side of Lean Ann? I'm on the Galway side. I'm just up the road. Yeah. So why did you write a blog for Mayo? Well, see, we weren't supposed to talk about that. That was not part of the contract. (laughs) (laughs) But I did. So, I mean, obviously, marrying a Mayo man, like, I I learned about Gaelic football through... And you wrote a blog on it? Yeah, supporting Mayo. It was the night before the final in 2021, I think. Uh, And I was just saying what a joy it was to discover this wonderful sport and we like Americans like to think they have all the great sports you know basketball and football and whatever baseball but Gaelic football is an amazing sport and to be able to get to know it and now starting to reform and root for Galway as well just for the audience here you know it's (laughs) it's something that it's been a joy to be able to do Um, yoga yoga (laughs) yeah did you start yoga here? We're going from Gaelic football to yoga, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm staying the sporting theme because yeah. <laughs> so, I admire people who are so fit. Well, <laughs> the yoga thing, so Martina mentioned the Couch to 5K earlier, yeah. and that's another kind of sports-related program, but it's also like a wellness and just a community kind of program to be able to connect and do these things together. Yoga has recently started. Um, we do yoga on Wednesday nights up in the community hall. Um, and it's a good group. It's a nice way to kind of break up the week and just feel kind of get very zen in the village together. And you come down here for a few pints afterwards? I'm not, well, listen, uh, yeah, the, once you're zen, you know, it's, it's a great way to experience <laughs> a pint. <laughs> Absolutely. And community, then, would you, would you see like minded people that you could see? relocating to Lean Ann from the States? I think so. I mean, I'm, you know, trying to do my bit for bringing more Americans over, showing them the village and the area. And everyone who comes to visit, my family and friends, they're blown away by how, I mean, obviously how beautiful it is, but how friendly all the people in the community are. And it's funny because you, you know what happened to the last American who moved to Lean On? Like, you know, everyone, when we were moving, everyone was saying, oh, you should watch this movie. <laughs> and when I watched it, I said, huh, that's not exactly the experience I was looking for. <laughs> but, um, and I do get the occasional, you know, and go home yank when I walk into a place. But really? uh, yeah. other than that, it's Nora a very friendly... Nora would never say that to you. Nora would never no say that No one here would ever say that, never but it's happened on occasion. Go away, yank. Come here to me. Uh, had you not watched it before you came over? I had, yeah. I had. And, but I think... Um, once we decided to move, it took on a whole new meaning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just to kind of really understand it a bit better and um, feel it personally, you know, everyone's been so, it's a wonderful community here, even for yeah, Yanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's well done to you. And um, it must have been different. It was after the pandemic, so you came, was it the pandemic just over when you came here? It was just over. So we moved two years ago on St. Bridget's Day, actually. Uh, so 2022 and you know people do crazy things after the pandemic kind of made us all rethink life Uh, so for us it was rethinking where we were living and the kind of childhood we wanted our son to have Um, Mm. and I have to say when we moved here someone uh, who's here today was telling me that every family who moves here is a gift Um, which I I see that now and I see him in the the wonderful Lena National School here you know, it's, it is a wonderful way to grow up. So it's a gift to us to be able to live here. And a gift for your husband to be home as well. Exactly, yeah. And a gift for the people from Ohio to come over here. Exactly, yeah. Like, you wouldn't have a fire like this in Ohio now no. at, <laughs> at your back. Keeping no, you. and to, uh, having a fire takes on a whole new meaning here, I think. There's definitely three trees has gone into it since I sat here this morning. <laughs> so there is. Listen, uh, Bridget, lovely to have you. And thank you indeed for being you. I want to go to uh, Damien um, Morrissey and to Barbara Dunn as well. Um, because they've set up Lean Ann um, School of Music. Morning to you. How are you today? 
morning. Well, pull, pull in there. Have an affair with that microphone from there. Well, uh, listen, congratulations. What, what made you relocate to here, Damien? Well, I suppose um, we're only recently married. Um, we're only married two years. Um, and before that, we used to come down quite a bit. Um, we used to stay up in the fisheries, just up here at the top of the road, looking straight up that beautiful fjord. In the old, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the lodge um, there, yeah. And that came to an end a couple of years ago. Mm. And luckily, a house came up in the village. So we only live two doors up, three doors up here. Um, so you didn't have too far to come to work this morning? Didn't have too far. It was, yeah. ni- it was a nice walk this morning. As is the, the shop, everything is within easy reach. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we just, we loved down here so much when the opportunity came to move. And um, we did. Um, so we're, we're gradually getting here full-time. Barbara officially kind of moved down full-time last week. Last um, week, Barbara? Yeah, I am. Um, hi there, I'm Barbara. Uh, I, I thought we were married three years. Not two. two. <laughs> just, over t- just over two. I usually get. Sorry. Can we can we get a bit of? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a little. Yeah. Are you married two years or three years? I think it's just three. Just over two. Two. Okay. Can we get an arbitration <laughs> in here if you don't mind, please? Oh, we have an arbitrator has just arrived over here. He's out the two of you. Out. So you're two two years married. I think. It's, well, I well we'll have to check later, but okay. I think I thought it was three. Okay. Uh, but I Do you want um, to phone a friend or take fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. Why? You, so you're down this week. Yeah, I will. We have a music school in Kildare, and I've been teaching in Maynooth for years and years. So gradually, I started down here. Maybe one day, I got a one full day's teaching, and then I had two days, and now I have four days. So I've I've just relocated completely. I don't have to commute anymore anymore from this week. It, it's a it's a big decision to make, so it is. It is. It's a massive decision. It's huge. No, yeah. it wouldn't be a big decision if you were three years married, but two years <laughs> married is a big decision to make, so it is. It's risky. It's it risky. Really <laughs> yeah. And tell me a little bit about the music school here then. I mean, what, what is your plan? Well, I teach the piano. and oh, um, lovely. I'm a piano addict. I've been teaching the piano. has been my whole life. Um, Brida Gaynor is actually one of my students. Brida? Yes, she's doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's a lovely person, so she is. She is, absolutely. She's just a super person. Yeah. Is she good on the piano, though? Well, she's the only student I have that teaches me. Oh, really? <laughs> what does she teach her? How to teach her. How to teach her. This <laughs> no, is she... a circle, so it is. <laughs> Nora, are you playing the piano as well? No, yet? No? You must be sure. No, she's not. <laughs> Nora's not playing no, the piano. excellent student. So, and, um, and uh, is, have you many students here? I have, I think I have 27 Good in on total, you. yeah, yeah, and they come from everywhere. Like they come from Letterfrack, Clifton, Cornamona, um, both both uh, directions. Wow! So it's great. Wow! And uh, Damien is retired from the Army Number no. One Band, uh, clarinet and saxophone. Good on you. So he's just slowly gathering. And Damien, before students. can I bring that? Over? You must have been very proud of your former colleagues, indeed, last Saturday to see them performing and what they did at the uh, state funeral. Absolutely, that, um, it just a wonderful state occasion. It was fantastic. I mean, to the experience I had in the army over the years, doing various state occasions. Um, some, for instance, a, a real one I think that was a big move forward to Ireland was I was lucky enough to play the first time we played the English National Anthem in Croke Park when Ireland played England in the rugby Um, visiting dignitaries um, representing Ireland in foreign countries Um, it's it's a great experience to have I've had Good on you. Now, uh, Barbara is going to go back to the uh, piano and uh, she's going to be joined um, by Breda, so she is as well. She doesn't realise that just yet. They're doing a double one for us. Uh, what are you going to play for us uh, this morning, Damien? Um, we're we're going to play a, a classical tune that everyone will know. Um, it's called Gabriel's Oboe. Oh. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so, in your own time, this is Damien Morrissey and his wonderful wife, Barbara Dunn. And um, in their own time, they're going to uh, play. And again, if you want to text us this morning, don't forget all the text lines are open. And you can also call us on 091 77077 or uh, you can text us on 086 Barbara Dunn, I could listen to you all day long. Thank you so much for that beautiful piece of uh, music. Quick commercial break, and John caught up with Eric Heenahan next. Stay tuned for that, and more to come from Lena. The Community Matters series is brought to you by Galway Bay FM and is funded by Commission Mignon. And a very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's programme. I'm delighted to say I'm joined now by Eric Keenan. Eric is a local trad musician player. Eric, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on Community Matters. Talk to us, though. You're living in Nina in the last few years, but you're adamant that you're from Mayo. I am, John. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the Mayo side, all right. Yeah, I'm a couple of miles inside the border. And uh, talk to us, it's a beautiful part here, you're just around the corner from the likes of Ashley Falls and the Fjord, it's spectacular, even though the weather isn't that great. We get some weather here sometimes, yeah, it's, um, it is, it's a beautiful place, it's, it's, a, it's a real scenic area with the 
hills and the fjord, you know. Um, it's a big tourist area. Yeah, so you're, you're, where, uh, where I live, it's the place is called, my village is called Bundara. It's about, I suppose I'd be about four miles from, from the falls, from Ashley Falls. So I'm kind of between Linan and, and uh, Dula Valley. That's where I'm situated. And you're very involved in the trad scene, and I know a lot of that is down to your father. You just tell us a bit about him. Yeah, my dad was Seamus Hainan was his name. He, he he passed away three years ago. He'd have been a well known uh, he'd have been a well known accordion player. So he he was born and reared here in Bundara. And uh, he spent he spent some time in New York then in his mid twenties. He spent maybe ten years from his mid twenties to mid thirties. And uh, then he moved home and yeah, he, he was he was a, he was big in the music scene, you know, he'd be he'd be fairly well known around Mayo and around the country, I suppose. He played a lot of music in Lewisburg and in Westport, you know, mainly Matt Malloy's bar in Westport would have been his his spot, along with the local pubs in Lewisburg, uh, Joe Max, the Benonian and, and Kane's Bar when it was open as well. So, yeah, I suppose I, I would have gotten my interest in music from him mainly, you know. Growing up, we heard we heard a lot of music, you know, and uh, I have an older brother and a younger sister, and we, we all play a bit of music, you know, so I think we we, um, we definitely got our love of music from him, yeah. And talk to us about some of his influences in terms of music. You you told me a few stories, but uh, there's a man with the nickname the Bicycle. That's right. Yeah, uh, um, there was a man who grew up o- over in in Creera, uh, over uh, over in the Galway side of Lena and over near Kilmore. And um, I'm not exactly sure the name of his exact village, but it's near Creera Church, uh, Paddy Coyne. But he was better known as Paddy Bicycle. And I know. Um, he was a big influence on Dad, growing up as a musician, because he, he used to actually call to him and, and Paddy would have taught him some music, you know. But the, the story we best liked was he told us when, when he was younger, he, he used to he used to bring his he used to bring um, Dad used to bring his bike and his accordion in the curra. He's right here beside the Kilroy Fjord, like, and he, he'd row across. It's about a mile across to the Galway side. And then he'd, he'd finish the journey on his bike with, with the accordion on the carrier, you know. So it's a, we always like that story, you know. So he, he, he would have done that, I don't know how often he'd done it, but he'd done it a few times. He, he, that's how he got to learn some of his music, you know. So you could say he was determined to learn anyway. You know, he obviously had a big love for it. And, and uh, it's, it's hard, hard nowadays to get youngsters to go to lessons in the car. But when you, you know, it's just the changes, you know, but... Uh, yeah, it's, an, it's a nice memory to have off him anyway, you know. It's a good story to have about him. Yeah. And I know another influence was um, a travelling band that used to come and lean in as one of their stop-offs, the Rainies, well-known to a lot of people in South Connemara. Yeah, the Rainies, they, they, they used to come around to the fairs and that in, in Linan, and they used to even spend a couple of weeks around the area, I think, in, in the summertime. And uh, they were a well-known musical family. I think I think they were from around Chum side. But... Uh, he, they'd have been an influence on Dad as well, like you know, because he, he would have spoke, he would have heard their music at the at the fairs when they were around. And I'm I'm not sure if he would have played with them. I'm sure he I'm sure he would have had some few tunes with them. Like he was probably young at that time, but they were definitely an influence on him as well, like you know. Mm. Yeah, and then I suppose he met he met a lot of different musicians in when he went to New York. Like he he would have played with a lot of 
musicians from all different counties in Ireland and, you know, the New York musicians as well, like, so, yeah, he had a lot of different influences, I suppose. And he composed his own music as well, released it, and I believe you're going to play one of his songs for us now. Yeah, he compo- composed a few tunes, um, and uh, he, he brought out a CD in 2001, and uh, he called the CD "Caught in the Surf," and, one, and one, of the ch- one of his tunes is called "Caught in the Surf." So I'll, I'll, uh, it's a reel, so I'll play it for you now. beautiful reel and I think the thing I like about it is you can actually imagine getting caught in the surf as you listen to it just the way it goes up and it stops and it goes up and it does as if waves are crashing in in the music yeah you're right there is a bit of that going on in it yeah so uh, that's probably that's probably where the name came from as well like you know so he, he was a man that would have spent a lot of time on the sea as well so he'd been well used to the the movement of the of the ocean like you know so yeah I think it's it was well named and you mentioned the fishing there, and I know the, the local river as well, there's great salmon there, he would have spent a lot of time there as well. Yeah, well, when he was young, growing up, like, they grew up right beside the river, so I suppose they would have they would have done a good lot of fishing, you know, and um, river fishing and, and on the sea as well, like, you know, so um, as, as, as you would have said when they were young, they were reared on salmon, you know, so, um, yeah. And then later on, when he moved back from New York, he, he, um, he, he would have... He had a boat and he fished fished salmon and lobsters as well, like you know, that was his livelihood. So yeah, so he, he was a he was a keen fisherman. Yeah. And if your accordion playing is anything to go by, it definitely goes in the family, the music. Uh, you mentioned 
your, your brother and sister also play. And uh, I believe, is it a, a nephew of yours who has your father's, uh, one of your father's accordions as well? Yeah, his, his uh, the, the main accordion he had was a lovely grey polo soprano. And uh, he, he left it to my sister's son, Shamey Langan is his name. He's a, he's a, he's a really nice accordion player. He's only 12 years old, like, but he's a, he's shaping up to be a, a real good player. Like, I know, I know his grandfather would be proud of him to hear him if he could hear him, like, you know, yeah. Um, he had another accordion as well. He, he left that, he left that to us, like, you know, it's, it's a red polo soprano as well. He, he got it in New York as well. And yeah, so, um, it's nice to have them. Yeah. And in terms of your own accordion playing, I know you used to play back when they had a Sunday session in the rock bar that's ended since COVID, but you're, you're keeping busy. Yeah, we had a lovely Sunday session there in the Corrig before it closed down. Um, we went on for years. I used to do that with Brendan Keegan and, and John Higarty. Um, yeah, I'm still doing a bit now. I, I, I play with a, a guy called Joe Ford. He, he's actually originally from Kerndulla in Galway. but He's, he's based in Newsburg now for the last few years, so myself and Joe and I still play with Brendan Keegan as well so we do yeah we play a lot in Westport now in the Porterhouse we have a few gigs there like and here and there we do bits and pieces like you know so yeah still, we're still keeping busy with it and, yeah. and I know you're you're vehemently a, a Mayo man and you're here on the the Mayo side of Linan is there a good rivalry here on match days? Oh, there's a good rivalry yeah yeah <laughs> still that'll always be there please God it's a but it's a healthy one, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a. But there's always a bit of there's always a bit of banter going on, yeah. Connacht final day or Mayo Galway, you know. But so that's what makes it. Eric, thank you for joining us on Community Matters on Galway Talks. You're welcome. Thanks, John, for having me. The Community Matters series is brought to you by Galway Bay FM and is funded by Commission Mignon. Now, very good morning to you. We're into the last uh, piece indeed from Lena. We're with you right through until 12 midday. If you want to text us, you can do so to 086 38 33 I have two wonderful guests uh, sitting opposite me uh, today. I want to go first to Philomena Leiden. Philomena, is it true that you grew up right just up the road near Ashley Falls there? Right beside the Ashley Falls gate. Get right away. Beside. We walked to school morning and evening, passed it every day. And your father fished in the fjord? He fished on the Killery, yeah. yeah. Wow. That was... Uh, a seasonal thing but yeah himself and a couple of other fishermen and they would if they had a good catch they would row the boat across from Dulock yeah over to the pier in Lena carry the fish on their back to Hamilton's have them weighed and be paid for them get away <laughs> and talk to me about living here and we were just talking off here it was very simple you thumbed when you wanted to go you were safe on the roads yeah well we walked to school it was three miles for us to walk to school Wow. back in the evening now bad days it was difficult to go so yeah. you may have to miss school other days you would head off and maybe halfway you get soaked wet and we decide yeah we'll turn home we're too wet to go to school really yeah and was there no car in the house in those days no no my mum or dad never drove did they ever no 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 wow. no and then other days when we would be too near the school to turn home because our parents would realize the time that, yeah, you could have gone to school, really. Mm. So we'd go to school. But the nuns were very good. They would take us to the convent next door and they would make us hot chocolate and let us dry our clothes. Get away. 
Get away. <laughs> that, was, that was a treat. It was worth getting wet for. <laughs> yeah, but, but what a lovely story. We, we hear all the negative stories about religious orders. Not a positive story. No, well, I had nuns on my, all through my school, secondary school as well. They were, we had lay teachers. That was the first time I ever had lay teachers in Westport. But the, the nuns were running the school. Wow. But we found them very good. We have no negative, no negatives about them. And talk to me about Christmas morning because um, <laughs> now now it makes sense to me because I didn't uh, when I was reading the brief on this last night. But you got a taxi to mass on Christmas. On Christmas morning, morning yeah. Daddy would uh, hire the local taxi. Ormond Tynan was his name, yeah. and he would come to the house for us on Christmas morning for nine o'clock mass, and take us to mass and bring us back home again. Wow. That, that was a real treat. That was real posh, so it was. <laughs> Very posh. You live, in, you live in Mam now, I know. I live in Mam now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do you miss, or do you still come back and forth? Oh, I still come back. My sister lives still in the home place beside the Ashley Falls. Wow. And uh, I come up and down to her regularly, yeah, yeah. And, and is it true that ye, um do you know when they were filming the, the, the field, mm-hmm. that ye saw the murder before anybody else saw the murder? We saw the night we were filming the field, yes. Yeah, we were watching from about 200 yards away from that, that scene being taken place. And you saw him being killed? We saw him being killed, yeah. I mean, we thought he really was being killed because it looked like the rocks were really rock solid. But later on, we f- went down after the scenes were over and we got two of the rocks and we took them with us yeah. home. They were just polystyrene. <laughs> <laughs> but very convincing. When yeah. you were watching it on on screen, yeah, yeah very. But convincing. it must have been from from a quiet, beautiful, sleepy part of the country. It must have been beautiful to have the action like that in the village. The excitement, yeah, you know, the buzz it caused. There were people around. There was something going on all the time. Actually, I was living in the home place at the time off the film because we were having the roof repaired on our own house at home. Yeah. And I used to have to get my kids after school in the morning before the trucks and the vans of that would arrive up to do scenes and be back out again in the evening. So you were constantly toing and throwing, seeing scenes being done and people being around. It was great. It was wow, great. Wow. Great buzz for the area. Wow. Great income as well. Stay with me, because I want to go to you, Michael, indeed. Uh-huh. Michael um, Laffey joins me. Michael, morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today. <coughs> you know, your parents came from Nina, but you're just living up this road, isn't it? That's right, Jim. Yeah. both were very local here in Nina. Yeah. There was only a field between the two houses at the time. And come here to me, uh, have you lived here all your life or did you go to England for a short while? No, at uh, the age of 18, I went to, I left home to go to New Zealand and I got as far as London and I got stuck there for 10 years. <laughs> now hang on a second, so you were going to New Zealand, did you tell the folks here that you are going to New Zealand? I did. You did? Yes. And you stopped at London? My dad was very happy that I didn't make it any further than <laughs> London. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? My dad was a widower, so he brought up... There was a family of seven of us, and he brought us up on his own, so very, very good man, very kind, very calm man. Wow. Didn't worry about tomorrow. I suppose he had to be bringing up the family like that. Well, that's true. So yeah. you lost yeah. your mum at a young age then? Yeah. Wow. So, we were we were very lucky to be brought up in such a, a lovely place here as Leenan. And again, the community spirit in 2024 is as good as it was then, the community coming together. Absolutely. But even way back then, there was a great community spirit. Yeah. There were things were totally different to what they are today. You know, nobody, nobody had m- much. Yeah. But whatever they had, they shared it, you know? Come here to me. Um, why, how did you get stuck for 10 years in London? You had a ticket 
ticketing to go where you want to have a ticket I didn't actually have a ticket to go to England did you know <laughs> the, the guy that time you had to have a ticket this is 1962 you had to have a ticket to, to board the boat wow. he wouldn't let me on so I backed back and I waited till I got him occupied with somebody else and up the gangway <laughs> <laughs> And that's how you got to the far side? That's how I got to the far side, yeah. And he never caught up with you? Oh, no. He's at the time to catch up with me back then. We we have a phone call coming in. He's looking for you still. (laughs) (laughs) And so then you went to London. What trade did you work in? I worked in the buildings. Yeah. Well, civil engineering and the buildings and worked with subbies. But uh, eventually got my own contract from a, a company. So I had my own work for a few years before I left England. And did you come home then, you did? Well, I did. I always promised my dad that wherever I'd go in the world that I would come back. Yeah. He was living on his own then, and it was only right that that uh, I should. Yeah. But uh, my wife's um, parents as well, who's um, Philomena's in-laws, they were on their own out in the valley, which the only access to the outside was by bicycle. So, so you're related by marriage, the two of you? We are, yeah. The two of us, we took two out of one family. <laughs> 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 Don't say you got the best one. <laughs> we'll stay quiet on that. We'll stay quiet. We said that recently, we got into trouble over it, so we, did, so we, won't, say, we won't say that again. Yeah. But it's been good to you here. Life has been good to you. Life has been very good. and. I've been very lucky. <coughs> um, when I was young, I played my minor football and junior with Clambor. But prior to that, I played underage with seven-a-side Leenan. Mm. So, so I, football this was the only entertainment we had back then. Of course. It was simple times. There was no television, there was no mobile simple. phone, there was no computers, nothing. No, no, like, no, no. Like we said earlier on, you had to make your own phone. You certainly have. And I suppose I'm one of those that did... Uh, do my own thing in life because I remember being on the radio with you way back there in 19... 2000, it was 2002 and raised yeah. a big Tell amount of money for Galway Hospice. Wh- what age were you at that time? I was 59. And what did you do? I climbed Kilimanjaro. For the first time? For the first time, yeah. I actually went back 10 years afterwards right. and climbed it again. <laughs> so when the kids were reared, you decided... I'm going climbing Kilimanjaro. Absolutely, and I had a family that supported, a wife and family that supported me in it. So, I know there was a lot of um, there was a lot of candles burnt and while I was away. <laughs> Why was the electricity out or something? <laughs> they were worried about you. <laughs> well, of course, of course. If you were on some of the highest mountains in the world, and I, I've only a minute left, but what got into you to do it? Well, I was on mountains since I was able to walk herding sheep yeah and I had a love for the mountains so I decided I always wanted to do something for a charity yeah because I got a great run through life and very lucky and I wanted to put something back so I decided one day right I'll raise 50,000 pounds for Galway Hospice and you did and climbing Kilimanjaro had a lovely ring to it you know so yeah. it did that I a couple of thousand more, yeah. Come here to me, we have a bit of a challenge for you today. 
Is there any chance you'd, Filomena, would you think of climbing Kilimanjaro with them next time round? No, absolutely not. No. So you can, <laughs> can knock that on the head, so you can. Go back, go back to the in-laws and see how you get on from there. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Filomena Leiden, thank you. Lovely to see you again. Yeah, thank you. And Michael, keep up to go through. Are you finished climbing mountains now? put me so I have to expect that but uh, not really no I'll be on the mountains uh, Sunday climbing yeah, on the local mountains yeah. yeah we have a we have a walking club I formed a walking club 13 years ago and we are affiliated to Mountaineer in Ireland yeah. we have 80 paid up members at the minute and it's good on you good on you walk every Sunday Come here, if you need anybody to go with you we can nominate this male <laughs> fellow here beside us he'll, go, he'll he walk with you any Sunday and he, he does, he's fit the fiddle size, yeah. He's looking. Listen, thanks indeed for joining us. Um, that's it from uh, Lena today. We're back with you from Studio One on Monday morning. Uh, but a huge thank you, by the way, to Breda and all the crew here and to our nephew, uh, Aaron Maxwell, who cooked all the rashes and sausages uh, today and to Nora as well, but to Damien Morrissey and to Barbara Dunn and uh, from the Lena School of Music, that beautiful piece of music, Gabriel's oboe, Donald Sullivan from an OB engineer point of view, John Morley, who produced and put a huge amount of work into it. I've said Doc back at base and Fiona back at base. That is it for today. We are back to you on Monday morning. On Monday morning, we've got Grace. We've got Paul Hughes uh, from the Abbey Glen joining us on that and much more on Monday morning. But from John Morley and myself and all the crew here, a huge thank you to Breed and the team here. We'll talk to you Monday just after 9 o'clock. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay, Doc, all yours.